Yo, yo, what's happening, everybody? Welcome to Inside the Mind of Marcus Martez, Season 1, Episode 11. Today's topic, Are You Addicted to Sugar? Part 3, 7 Ways to Balance Your Blood Sugar. And I'm just going to jump right into it with the first one. Number one, drink water. Hey, water, we need water. Water is the source of life. When it comes to blood sugar, water balances it to help decrease cravings. And it increases your energy. And it's not coincidence that the earth is made up of 71% water. And the adult human body is made up of 60%. The way I look at it, we come from the earth. We come from Mother Earth. So what Mother Earth has an abundance of, what Mother Earth provides, which is should be free, but what the food and the water that Mother Earth provides is for our benefits. That's what we need. It's not, you know, the look look at the organs and the important functioning parts of our body. It, it needs water. Your brain and heart is composed up of 73% water. Your lungs, 83%. Your skin, 64%. Your muscles and your kidneys made up of 79% of water. Water is important. Water is the key. It's key to life. We need it. Water comes with many benefits. It flushes out toxins and waste out of your system. It lubricates cushions. Uh, your, it lubricates and cushions your joints, excuse me. Uh, prevents muscle cramps. It reduces inflammation. It slows down aging. You know, why, why not want these benefits? Why not you just go ahead and you know what? I want to start looking younger, so I'm going to start drinking some more water. Who, who wouldn't want that? But a lot of people aren't fans of water. And a lot of people aren't, a lot of people aren't getting their fair share amount of water they need to be consuming today. And science, the body will tell you that. The body will, the body will communicate in many different ways to tell you, like, hey, I need some more water. If you're feeling dizzy, uh, your skin is dry, mental fogginess, uh, you lack energy, you're lethargic. If your urine is yellow and dark and it stank, that's a sign that you are dehydrated. And you also have to take in the factors if you work out a lot. You use a lot, you sweat and you lose a lot of water. If you drink caffeine or a coffee, alcohol, alcohol and caffeine, alcohol and coffee, they dehydrate you. So if, uh, if you're a coffee drinker, you need to be, I always, I always say double up. If you drink one cup of coffee, you need to drink two cups of water. So that way you can, I believe that's a fair amount of water to replace when you are on top of your daily recommendation uh, when it comes to water. Speaking of daily recommendation, to help you determine how much water you need to have a day, 
what you do is you divide your weight by two. So for example, if you weigh 150 pounds, you need to be drinking 75 ounces of water a day. So just cut your weight in half. And uh, when you start drinking more water, when you start adding water to your diet, you know, you're going to be going to the bathroom more, but it's good to, in, it's good to empty your bladder every two to three hours. That's a good rule of thumb. And over time, your body will adjust, you know, until um, you go into the bathroom. But it needs to be added to, if you're not a water drinker already, it's important to uh, add water to your diet. And also, there's a rule, um, also a key to balancing your blood sugar. And I think I said this a little bit before, like a lot of people aren't fans of water. A lot of people don't like to taste the water. Uh, so they, you know, avoid drinking it by drinking other stuff, you know, Gatorade, uh, teas or coffee or whatever. Um, but with anything, when it comes to success, you have to do things that you don't like doing. Uh, and you have to find ways to motivate yourself to do the things that you don't like doing, but you know are important. So when it comes to water and getting motivated water, uh, if you don't like to taste the water, try adding a lemon to it. Try adding a lime to it or a cucumber or orange to add flavor to it. I, I personally like cucumber water. And at first you really don't tell the difference, but over time you, you will, you will experience uh, a fused water. You experience it quenching your thirst. Like, oh my gosh, this is so good. And while you're drinking your diffused water, you're also getting the benefits from whatever you put in there. So you get the benefits of the lemon, you get the benefits of the lime, benefits of the cucumber, uh, etc. So that's a way to get motivated to drink water. Drink out of a cool glass. Drink out something that's exciting. I have this jug I have, I uh, got from Amazon. And, uh, Every hour, is just, I don't know how much water is in it. I guess um, I don't actually. I don't know. I think we'll say I don't know how big. It's a jug, but every two hours, I have to be at a certain point at the jug when I uh, drink my water. So I have 7 a.m., 9 a.m., uh, 11, 1, and so forth. And each at each hour, it has like a little motivational. Uh, saying like good job you're almost there halfway there so yeah that's what I use to when it comes to me drinking water that's what I use because it keeps me so somewhat, ac somewhat accountable and it, and it makes it exciting um, also some good tips when it comes to water make sure you're drinking the first thing in the morning when you wake up because uh, you're when you're sleeping the body is uh, you're not you know intaking any water so when you wake up say after seven hour sleep you want to most most of the time we do get up and urinate in the morning so you want to replenish not only that but also hydrate yourself uh, for not drinking while you were sleeping so it's a good thing to drink water in the morning go ahead and get out the way um and it also helps if you work out to you know drink water a little bit before during and after your workout so you just want to stay hydrated you want to keep the water keep flowing into the body so it can clean out the waste and do its part when it comes to balancing blood sugar. Number two on the list, add more protein to your diet. 
And this is another one where the body will try to communicate with you because if you have too little or too much protein in your diet, you'll this can cause severe sugar cravings. And if you have too little protein in your diet, the body will try to communicate to you by uh, you will be feeling you will feel weak, you'll be fatigued, tired, your hair, you start losing your hair. It starts to change color. The texture of your hair starts to change. If you feel spacey, you ain't all the way in it. Ungrounded, can't focus. You're bloated. Belly bloating is a sign of uh, protein deficiency. So the Bible will try to talk to you and try to say, hey, I'm not getting enough protein. But sometimes we go overboard with the protein. Um... Because it's it's like uh, this cultural understanding, or what's the words I'm looking for? This cultural, I don't know, I want to say guideline, or I don't know what I'm trying to say right now. But everyone just thinks that you got to have protein, 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 protein. Yes, protein is important, but there you can have too much protein in your diet and the body will try to communicate with you by say hey all this protein you're trying to give me is causing constipation because you're not protein isn't a protein isn't a fiber rich food so you'll be constipated kidneys they become less efficient which leads to kidney stones uh, your weight your weight gain your weight's fluctuating because of this. Uh, if you have bat, uh, you have bo. I mean, like that stank bo. If your breath, if it stank, that's a sign of too much protein in your diet. Those it, it does not do us any good, to be honest. To be trying to stock up on protein with our body, financially is costly, and also the body don't need all that protein. I know that um, I was doing research on it. Hold on, where's my mouse? And just looking how much the average, what what they say we should be intaking as far as protein. And the um, I looked up the uh, dietary reference they take, and it says that a man, a man should, an average man should be consuming 56 grams of protein a day, and the average woman 46 grams. And to me personally, in my opinion, I believe that is too, that's too much protein. Like I follow a plant-based diet and, um, so I don't know, I don't get my protein from chicken, fish, milk, cheese. My protein comes from uh supplements uh protein powder you know cheesy hemp seeds legumes uh different types of pasta spinach broccoli uh etc so me tracking that knowing how much i need to uh i need to function on a daily basis that's a lot of eating it is that's a lot of food to be consuming 
56 grams of protein. That's a lot of eating. I, I'm just not, I don't eat that much because I don't, my, being on a plant-based diet, like my food fills me up. So therefore I'm not hungry, but, uh, and I'm not hungry as much, but if I were to follow like the, the regular guidelines of how much protein to be consuming a day, I will be, uh, not only stressed because it'd be costly, but I would not feel right because I'll be eating all the time. So you have to, when it comes to protein, I don't like the recommendations um, because it changes. It's different from everybody. You know, if you're active in the gym and you're lifting all the time and you're, you know, you're pumping up weights. Now, my brother, I was talking to him the other day. He was jacking up 350 pounds 10 times. So he's going to need that protein. But I'm not doing that. I swim, I tread water and do yoga. So I don't need 56 grams of protein a day to uh, stay healthy. And so when it comes to protein, you have to find, you have to know your body, you have to know yourself, and you have to know what works for you. But it's all about the quality of protein that plays a huge factor, which I will talk more about uh, later in this episode. But you have to find the right type of protein for yourself. The protein do come from different sources, uh, plants, animals. I follow the plant um, way of getting my proteins. And when you do consume your protein, just make sure it's not too little and not too much. Because having either or having too much or having too little um, can cause uh, sugar cravings. So number three on the list is adding healthy fats to your meals. Uh, fats are tricky because they affect the blood sugar because they're more complex. Their structure is more complex than, let's say, simple carbs. And so, so therefore, it takes the digestive system uh, longer to digest. But what people fail to know or we're not educated is on the different types of fats because we have this idea this belief that fats are bad fats you know you if you consume fats then you know, you're going to be at it's going to cause weight gain and it's going to cause this it's going to cause that I'm like no that's not true you have because there are different types of fats and i'm about to share with you the different types of fats that affect uh, affect our health and uh, debunk what we were taught. So the lowest quality, three, like I said, there's three types of fats. The lowest quality fat is trans fat. This fat is what you should avoid as much as possible. One, because these fats are designed by man to give foods the color, the flavor, and so these foods can stay on the shelves longer. Okay. If I went to school for operations management, operations and supply chain management. If I had a product on the shelf, would I have a high, would I have a better chance of making money on that product if it was on the shelf for three weeks or three months? Hmm? three months because therefore it gives them 
a better chance of the consumer buying the product. So how do I keep the product on the shelf longer and it still maintain its so-called freshness so I can get a better, uh, let's say, return on my investment? I'm going to add some trans fat. And that's what it is. That's what trans fat. Trans fat occurs. It occurs naturally, but most of it is man-made. And uh, it's not good for you. You know, it's trans fat has been shown to because it's not natural. It's made. It not come from God. It came from someone trying to play God. So therefore, when you consume a lot of trans fat, it is caused to accelerate your aging. It plays a factor in heart disease. And cancer. I'm just curious, just thinking off the top of my head. I wondered, the, I wonder what the correlation is when it comes to the introduction of trans fat into American food supply and the number of number of cases of cancer. I wonder how those two um, play play like a if either play off each other. If y'all know what I'm trying to say. So the cancer, like the cancer we have now. It didn't exist 100 years ago because there wasn't, you know, no trans fat. But now since trans fat came to the food market, I wonder what the number of number of cases of cancer can be linked to food consumption that has large amounts of trans fat. Um, y'all you know, you know, get what I'm saying? What I was trying to get to on that? Now, trans fat, it's, uh, you know, it's sometimes it's, Found under the term partially hydrogenated oil. Uh, some labels, like you can go to the store and some labels will say zero grams of trans fat on it. However, legally, food products can contain up to 0.5 grams of trans fat per serving. Key per serving. So, um, yeah, look at that. That that's a that's not a healthy fat for you. Okay, trans fat, man-made fat to give food flavor and shelf life to make money off a product. Regardless, if it's linked to cancer, heart disease, and making you look eighty when you're forty-five. The next fat on the list is saturated fat. It's considered healthier than trans fat. It's, you know, it's in the middle. Uh, but the consumption should be monitored. How much you consume saturated fat, you should watch. Uh, saturated fat can be found in meats, dairy, some baked foods. You can find saturated fat in fried foods. Um, palm-based oils, like uh, palm oil, palm carnal, and uh, you can find saturated fat in coconut oil, actually. But coconut oil is, see, co coconut oil is a much debated saturated fat. Um, the coconut oil is also made up of medium-chain fatty acids, MCFAs. Um, so medium-chain fatty acids 
have a different effect on the body compared to uh, your typical long chain fatty acids, which are found in meat and in vegetable oils. So why this matters is that uh, when it comes to coconut oil, the shorter the chain allows the fat to be sent directly to the liver so it can be metabolized and turned into energy. So this makes the fat available for use and it can be used as fuel compared to stored fat. Um, you follow me on that. And also with the medium chain fatty acids or coconut oil, um, it does not call, cause a spike in your insulin um, in the bloodstream and it decreases your chances of going on the uh, blood sugar roller coaster. And that's a reminder for the blood sugar roller coaster. Folks who um, are familiar with it, blood sugar roller coasters, when you intake that rush of sugar and you go up and then you come down. And when you're down, you need to get back up. So you get that carb or boost again. And you go up and you go down and go up and go down. So that's the blood sugar roller coaster. And we try to decrease um, our chances of being on a roller coaster. And coconut oil is not one of those fats um, that will play a part into it. So yeah, so saturated fat is the next one that was, no, that was number two on that list of fats. It should be consumed in moderation. But the number one fat on the list with the healthiest fat, these are called unsaturated fats and unsaturated fats they have shown to be they have shown to uh, improve your blood cholesterol unsaturated fats have shown to decrease inflammation so many benefits with the unsaturated fat so with the unsaturated unsaturated fat you break those off into two fats and there's two types under that umbrella the first one is monosaturated fats and these are found in peanuts canola olive oil you can find these in uh, avocados nuts seeds like sesame and and pumpkin so that's with the that falls on the monosaturated and then the polyunsaturated fat um the other one on the umbrella you can find these fats in walnuts flax seeds flaxseed oils, uh, fish like salmon, uh, trout, albacore tuna. Um, essential, if, if y'all are familiar with essential fatty acids, um, they fall under the poly, the polyunsaturated fat. And these are two um, fats, the essential fatty acids. You got your, this is where you get your omega-3 and omega-6. And they are called essential because the body cannot uh, make these. They, so they have to be obtained from the diet. So, um, and the, 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 those fats I just uh, mentioned, the fats that fall under the unsaturated fats, the, uh, mono, the monosaturated, the polyunsaturated, omega-3, omega-6, um, and under good ratios, those are the healthy fats for us for us to consume. And fats are the healthiest fats. They're 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 key to our diet because they help growth um, and development within the body. 
Uh, they bring nourishment to your nails, to your skin, to your hair. Um, they help absorb fat-soluble vitamins like A, D, E, and K. They regulate your hormones, reduce inflammations, maintain a steady metabolism. So we have this idea that fats are not healthy for us or too much fats are not good for us. And that's not necessarily true. It's the type of fats you consume that dictate your health. So if you're consuming a lot of trans fat, yeah, it's not going to be good for you because trans fat is not even supposed to be part of our diet. Saturated fat to an extent, but most of our fats need to come from uh, the last group I just went over. And that's it's key to not only our health, but balancing our blood sugar. Number four, count chemicals, not calories. Now repeat, number four, count chemicals, not calories. This should be the really the key to balancing your blood sugar is to improve your food quality. Like I just went over with the uh, the fats. You know, we have this idea that fats are bad. Like, no, you're the bad fats are bad, but the good fats are good. That's why it's there. That's why they were created. God don't make mistakes. Don't question what comes from the earth that's supposed to nourish your body. And like I said, number four, count chemicals, not calories. The key to the key to balancing your blood sugar is your food quality. So imagine, let's do this. Imagine food on this like spectrum. On one end, you have let's go to the left. On the left, you have your lowest quality foods. Uh, that's foods that are foods that are easy, foods that are cheap, and foods that are fast. On the other end of the spectrum, you have your highest quality foods. That's I mean that's organic locally seasonally seasonally grown by your local farmer that's that's all we're on the right so we as people we should be aiming to the right side of that of the spectrum aim to eat right that's the goal when it comes to eating eat as close to the right side as you can and the closer you the further you are on the right side the less likely will will have less chemicals compared to the left side. So uh, ingredients on your list tell the ingredients on the labels on the food tell you how many chemicals are in the food and it tells you how processed the food is. So the shorter the list, the less chemicals and the less chemicals you will find on the right side of the spectrum because one, most of the foods don't have labels you go to the, the the veggie fruit section of your grocery store you don't see many labels on it because there's how do you we don't know how the apple was invented i don't i don't maybe they do but i don't you know so you can't it's not fake i mean sure there's there are other things you got to take and consider what it's been sprayed with and uh, all the other stuff they do to it but on the on the flips on the what i'm trying to say I guess on the safe side, these foods are particularly good for the body. So you want to stay on the right side as much as possible or close to the right side. I'm not saying all your food needs to be organic. I'm not saying all your food needs to be homegrown by your your your, your local farmer. I'm not saying all that. I'm not saying you want to 
aim as far right as possible. If that makes sense. You, you want to eat your salads. You want to eat your fruit. You want to uh, eat healthy stuff as much as possible. And eat less and stay, stay farther away less from the left side. Don't eat food that was made by someone else. Don't eat stuff that's fast. Don't eat stuff that's cheap. And don't eat stuff that's what's fast. When I say fast, easy, and cheap, and easy. It's easy to go to the drive-thru and get a burger. That's easy. However, it's not good. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like dating. Would you, would you want to date something that's easy? Or you want to date something that you actually got to put in some work for? Because stuff that you have to put in work for probably has more benefits than something that is accessibly available for everyone. And when possible, buy non-GMO. And a quick lesson on what GMO is. GMO stands for Genetically Modified Organism. Uh, it's, uh, how can I say this? Plants, animals, microorganisms, uh, or in like other little organisms, that's when their genetic makeup has been modified in the lab uh, using genetic engineering or transgenic technology. So this creates combinations of plants, animals, uh, bacteria, and virus genes that naturally do not occur in nature uh, through traditional crossbreeding methods. So when you are out shopping and you're in the middle aisles, uh, stay, you want to look for the non-GMO label because it's, it, it indicates that this food was not made in the lab. And that's where we are right now. Like they're making food in the lab, genetically modifying plants, animals, organisms, etc. And we eat that. And again, I just wonder how, if, uh, when it comes to cancer, if that's linked to it eating fake foods. Because the body does not recognize foods made in the lab. Number five on the list, consistent meal timing. Eating whenever the hell you want, this can cause extreme highs and lows for your blood sugar levels. And this creates major stress on your body. Okay, look at it this way. I know some of y'all who listen to me, I know y'all work. How many of y'all have ever worked like shift work? Like you had to come in in the evening shift or you, know, you had to come in on a night shift. And how many of those times have you ever came to the, ever came into work and there was work left for you from the previous shift? I, I know I had shift work before and you come in the work, man, you come, I come in the building and I see all them padlets on the floor that need to be worked. I'm like, man, these motherfuckers, they do no work today. I just be standing there at the clock in line, giving everybody on the day shift the stank eye. Wonder why they ain't do no work. Why they leave all this work for me to do? I got stuff to do. I ain't got time to be doing other folks' work. And that's how, that's how the body is 
when it's time to sleep. The body, when you sleep, the body has a responsibility to do. It has a job to do. It has tons of work to do. It got to repair cells. It got to break down waste from the day, previous day. It got healing to do. You know, when the body's like a job. When one area of the body is finished up with their work, they go allocate, you know, their resources to other departments of the body so they can get out of work early. And that makes sense. The body has a job when we sleep. We're in that dead sleep. We're in that, you know, that, that, I gotta say, the circadian rhythm. That fast, the body is working. However, when it's time to sleep and the body comes to work and there's six slices of pizza that need to be digested all on top of all the other work it got to do, the body's going to be pissed. I'm like, man, this mother, what? The body will be pissed. And for the body to be pissed, in other words, that causes stress on the body. Because the body, like I said, the body got stuff to do. It don't have time to be breaking down food while you sleep. That's, that's something for the day shift. And so since the body has to digest food while you sleep, that means you're probably going to be waking up tired. You're going to be waking up groggy. You won't be able to function until you get your coffee. That's because the body ain't had no time to set you up for the next day. And that's what mealtime is about. That's an example for when you go to sleep at night. But it's all about managing when you eat. So it can, it can reduce the stress on the body. Which won't cause any spikes in your blood sugar. So you got you to gotta manage your time. You got to manage when you eat. For me, I eat after my fast. Which is around 10 or 11 a.m. Have me a smoothie. And I go ham around lunchtime, which is noon. I try to eat when the sun is at its highest point in the sky. So I try to eat at noon. But then as the sun goes down, that's when my consumption of food goes down as well. So I don't eat as heavy. I start to eat light. I start to eat light. So when the evening hits, it's time to go to bed. Ain't really much in my system to be digest. Maybe like a little salad or maybe, you know, like a bowl of fruit. Because I've shut the business down. I've shut my business down. And then when the body, is, when I go to sleep and the body comes to come to work, you know, it ain't going to be mad. Oh, you know what? I could break down a little salad. I could break down a little fruit. No problem. It ain't going to cost you know, I get this done in about 30 minutes. So that give me about enough time. Well, I get, I average, what, six hours of sleep. That give me enough time to get all my other work done. So it can prepare you for the next, it could prepare for the next day. So that's how it is. Less stress on the body. Because breaking down food, it takes a lot of energy. So if we're constantly feeding our bodies food, snacks, all this, you know, we got to eat seven times a day, all this other junk that we're taught. No, because that takes a lot of energy. The body has work to do. And you try, you keep adding stuff, little snacks, this, 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 that. It's going to be, it brings stress to the body. You won't have time to do all of it. You got to look at the body like a business. You're a business owner. You know, the mind is, the mind is the CEO and the body is your, or your, is your, your worker. 
You know, you, we think that we need to eat all the time, but the body's like, I don't need to eat all this stuff, man. You putting all this work on me. And so that stresses the body out instead of the body doing what it's supposed to do. It's going to be like a half-ass worker. It ain't going to break down the stuff. It's just going to store this fat because they ain't got time for that. Y'all feel me what I was trying to say with that example? So manage your meal timing. Don't overwork the body if you can help it. Don't, you know, like I said, eating frequently throughout the day can be taxing on your system and also can lead to insulin resistance, which means the body will require higher levels of insulin to bring the blood glucose back down to its uh, psychological balance. So you want to space your meals throughout the day. Minimize those snacks. You don't need to eat snacks. Everybody needs their snack. You don't need a snack. Drink some water. The body be fine. We used to live in a time in history where we would go 18 hours with no food. Oh, maybe not 18 hours. But we went an extensive amount of time without food. We didn't have all this stuff we had now, all the advertisement and brainwashing we need we have right now in this world when it comes to food. You don't need all that. You need to you need to eat. You you need to eat. What am I trying to say? Eat to, eat to survive. There's a saying. I can't think of it right now. Eat to survive or survive to eat. No, eat to survive. I can't think of it right now. You just need to eat. You just need to keep fuel in the car. That's what you need to do. The body's like a car. Keep it fueled. Good fuel. Quality fuel. Like we talked about an example before. Quality fuel when your gas tank, before it gets low. Not when it gets low. Not when you get to the hangry stage. But before you get there, that's when you need to refuel your body with the foods. And you eat quality, good size quality foods. So minimize snacks. Um, meal timing, a benefit of this, meal timing, it can, it can repair insulin sensitivity. So your insulin is highly effective in minimum amounts. Okay. Number six on the list Get some sleep. Yeah, dogged people, get some sleep. Because, you know, when you're sleep deprived, your cortisol rises. And when your cortisol rises, that mimics stress. That mimics the stress that the body goes through when you're on the blood sugar roller coaster. And everything, the, the, all the harmful effects that you get when you're on the blood sugar roller coaster, that gets when you, when you, are, when you have lack of sleep. The insulin resistance, the weight gain, the high blood pressure, depression, weak immune system, all that because of lack of sleep. Lack of sleep, it releases ghrelin. If you remember from the last episode, ghrelin is the hunger uh, hunger hormone. It's that signal that the body gives in the mind like, hey, I am hungry. So ghrelin also, it acts on the pleasure brain of uh, the pleasure center of the brain, which prompts us to reach for multiple servings. So when you're tired, you're going to eat more. Also, you're going to make poor decisions. You're going to doubt yourself. You can feel anxious. Your mind can be cloggy because it's just lacking that sleep. And there's six things that can influence the quality and quantity of your sleep. Eating late at night, 
uh, talked about that with the meal timing, eating late at night messes up your sleep because why? The body ain't resting. It's working. If you consume caffeine after 2 p.m., uh, if you do brain stimulating work before bed, surfing social media before you go to bed, if you charge your electronics near your bed, or you watching anything mind stimulating before you go to bed, like the news, all this stuff affects our sleep. So what I do, or I practice doing, I don't. I'm not perfection. I'm not. I don't. I don't, I don't live a perfect life or anything. I practice what I preach. I don't, I don't. I don't teach what I don't try to do myself or do myself. Okay, it's like that Michael Jordan Last Dance documentary when he said, "I would not ask my teammates to do something that I was not willing to do." That's how I am. So when it comes to sleep, I practice. One hour before I go to sleep, I, I close, I'll start closing all my tabs. Uh, you know, when the body when the body rests, so does the mind. So the mind's like a computer. I start to just shut everything down. Um, put my phone in the other room. Uh, no TV. You know, meditate before I go to bed. Sometimes I might do yoga. Or I do a cold shower to relax. So I have an hour before it's time to shut down the shop. And go to bed because sleep is important. So, like I, I get in my routine, try to fall, try to fall asleep at a consistent time. I have, a, I have a uh, reminder in my phone goes off at ten o'clock. Go to bed. I get a reminder thirty minutes or hour prior to to start shutting it down. So that's how it is, and it allows my mind to fall when I go to sleep to a deep restorative sleep. And with this routine, it helps me reset my circadian rhythm. So it's beneficial. It's how it is. You got to set it up. Sleep is important. I know Nas said what he said in that song. I don't know the name of the song. I can't think off the top of my head. New York State of Mind, I believe it is. I can't remember the lyric. But yeah, we need sleep. Sleep is important. Many experts represent many experts recommend seven to nine hours of sleep is optimal. But it's like with food and it's like with anything. It's all about what works best for you. Some people function off four hours of sleep. That's all they need. Some people need nine. I need six. I'm good. I can I need six, but I'm trying to get one more hour because Memphis drives me. He, uh, we do a lot of walk. We did a lot of walking this summer, so dad, dad needs more rest. So I'm trying to get seven hours, but I make it, I make it um, a priority. It's one of my priorities to get quality sleep. Okay, but you have to find out what works best for you. That's where I was getting to. Find out what works best for you, and you just have to adapt to it. And you allow, give yourself some good time. You need good sleep. You know, probably your life would be. Uh, I'm not saying it's not great, but you can find life a lot more upbeat and cheerful and uh, awesome just by getting that quality sleep. Go back and listen to those six things you need to do before you go to sleep. Get rid of, set aside, and I'll probably talk more about sleep in the future episode. But right now, do that so we can improve this blood sugar. Last on the list, 
It's a good one. It's movement. Exercise. You know, people have this negative view. I believe people have this negative view when it comes to working out. Like, it's often part of, like, this self-destruction or punishment or, you know, punishment and deprivation of when we don't follow through. Like, you know, over-exercising for not exercising when you said you would. Many people feel negatively towards working out. This is why I believe people feel negatively about working out. I believe because they don't enjoy what they're doing. Movement and working out is about doing what feels good to you and doing what you want to do. It's about doing something that's fun and pleasurable. Something that you'll be motivated to do. Something you'll actually look, you'll start looking forward to doing. You have to, this is, life is about making the attempt or being the state of mind to doing what makes you happy, doing what brings pleasure and excitement to your life. Why work out if you don't like doing the damn workout? I don't see why people be signing up for these hardcore uh, P90-30, I don't know the name of the stuff, it's called Holly's working out, punishing themselves for what? Do you even like doing it? I understand you want the results, but do you like what you're doing? If the answer is no, then why are you doing it? I would never do that crap. I don't want to be standing in front of no TV watching someone punch air and do burpees for 30. I don't want to do that. I'd rather just tread water and swim and do yoga. That's I, I like doing that. I like just taking walks. I like, I like just going for a bike ride 30 minutes. 30 minutes a day. That's all. 30 minutes a day. I like running around with my son. That's the stuff that brings joy and pleasure to me. So, therefore, I am always active because I enjoy doing what I like doing when it comes to working out, when it comes to movement. And the benefits of movement. You know, it has physical and emotional benefits because it sends off. It's a natural way to boost your serotonin levels, which is a feel-good chemical. Yeah, neurotransmitter. It, it sends you. It's, it's that feel good. So I'm always feeling good about. I'm. All, I will say. I can say I'm always feeling good. Every day I'm feeling good because when I do work out, one, it's something I enjoy doing, and two, my body's getting jacked up off of serotonin. My neuro these neurotransmitters are going off the chain. So I'm like always on cloud nine. Because I like doing what I do when it comes to working out. It's not a punishment for me. You know, the gyms are closed with Corona and all that. I still find a way to stay active. You know, my uh, my body has changed because, you know, I'm not lifting weights and all that stuff. But you know what? I'm doing push-ups. I'm doing planks. I'm staying active, working on my core. So it's I'm always getting that, that pump. And it's also when it comes to movement. I know I say this for all the, with all the seven of my examples that I talked about but this is really the main one that helps balance your blood sugar and it, it helps balance your blood sugar and it increases your insulin sensitivity you know and it's good because movement it requires energy and that energy is used so it can make place or create space for glucose to go that's how this whole thing started with the glucose if you ain't movement you ain't moving. I'm sorry, I keep saying movement. If you ain't moving, that glucose ain't got nowhere to go. 
But when you do move, their glucose be gone. And this lessens the amount of the insulin required to restore glucose in its proper balance. So look at it this way. Say you don't move, you don't do nothing. You ain't, get, you ain't using no energy. Your, glyco, your glycogen storage, uh, they remain, they're not utilized and they remain full. You eat a meal. Then your glucose levels increase with nowhere to go. As a result, you have higher levels of insulin that are released to balance your blood sugar. On the flip side, let's say you do move. Your moderate to high levels of energy is used. Your glycogen storages are depleted and it has space for new glucose to go. So that's empty. You eat a meal. Your glucose level rises, which means lower levels of insulin is, re is released in the blood. Is that it? Movement. Key. Movement. Key. Move, 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 move. We got the time right now, Corona. Let's, let's move. Last 30 days of sunlight before fall gets here. Move, 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 move. Let's these next 30 days of what I just went over with these three parts of how to balance and, uh, you know, help you with the sugar. Let's, let's, let's just start adding a little bit into our diet, which I'm going to get more into later. But back to movement so I can stay on track. Back to movement. The real question is, what type of movement do you want to do today? What does your body like to do? What gets your body excited? Maybe right now it's time to find out and get out and know your body. And one way to find movement, one way to find movement that's fun is to ask yourself. What kind of movement did I enjoy as a kid? You know, what was something that I always wanted to do but never tried? And this comes back to just knowing thyself. Having that relationship with yourself. And like I was just talking about, you know, we got 30 days of sunlight. Good, get outside, get some vitamin D, get some, get some movement, drink some water, eat some good food, get some sleep. But, you know, I get it. It's going to take, it's one step at a time. To balance your blood sugar, you're going to have to take it one step at a time. Do it in little small chunks. But that small chunks, small chunks, they'll start to add up during the journey. Just do a little bit about it, a little bit every day, a little bit every day. Add that water a little bit every day. Go for that walk a little bit every day. Eat that salad one day at a time. Okay, we've been beating our body up. For, we've been beating our bodies up for so long. It's time to uh, be easy on it and understanding. Let's let's take that step to healing. Okay, that's it, man. Part three, last last part of Are You Addicted to Sugar? Going to leave this episode like I leave all episodes with an affirmation. Today's affirmation, I am well, I am whole, I am strong, I am healthy. I am well, I am whole, I am strong, 
I am healthy. Hey, that's 10 affirmations. I just thought of something. Actually, I didn't think of something. I kind of had this plan. But when I was writing up these notes, I realized that was 10 affirmations. I don't think I didn't do one the first episode, but ever since then, I've ended each episode with an affirmation. Uh, I am well, I am whole, I am strong, I am healthy. That's one. Uh, I have an abundance of everything I need. Two, I choose to live in the now and release the past. I am beautiful inside and out. I am clear on my goals and have the strength to follow through. I love and forgive myself. I attract healthy relationships. Nothing can dim the light that shines from within. I deserve to be healthy. And the last one was I'm black and I'm proud. That's 10 affirmations. So now, instead of saying each one 10 times a day, let's shift it and let's take those 10 affirmations and say each one every day and we just build them there so that's 10 different affirmations every day um i know there's the black and i'm proud affirmation hmm i know that doesn't apply to all my listeners i mean if you're feeling it then say it loud but if you're not i understand what you can do is replace that affirmation with this one. I will be open to understanding and acknowledging the past and current struggles of the black race. I will be open to understanding and acknowledging the past and current struggles of the black race. If you haven't already, subscribe now so you don't miss an episode. At the moment, I'm streaming on Anchor and Spotify. If you want to reach out to me, simply uh, simply send me a message on IG at Marcus underscore Matez. I'm appreciative of the time you take another day to listen to me talk. In closing, always remember, be peace, be love, be happy. Until next episode, hurrah out.